Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So my teaching tonight is entitled, The Purpose of Tests and Trials, Part 1. The Purpose of Tests and Trials. And based on what I perceive the Lord is doing among us and with us in the season that we are currently in, I thought it to be wise to teach on the subject so that God through His Word can shed some light and give us some understanding of what why do we go through these various tests and trials? What is the purpose? And not every test and every trial comes from the enemy. Some of these tests uh, uh, come from God directly in order to test the depth of our faith, the genuineness of our faith, and our spirituality. It is in the test that we discover how genuine our commitment to the Lord is, our faith, and, uh, and our relationship with Him. And I thank God for every test and every trial that God has led me through over a long period of time, both personally and in the ministry. And as I look back, out of these tests that I went through, out of these trials, some of them greater than others, I came out of every test far stronger than I was when I went into them. <clears throat> and God, excuse me, has taught me valuable lessons, priceless uh, lessons from experiencing such tests and so that I can be able to teach you and teach others as well. So teaching, I believe, is vitally important because what it does, it brings light on the subject that we are dealing with. It brings light on the purpose of these tests, which will help us, as I mentioned, to navigate through them wisely and respond when we face such difficult times appropriately. And remember a few weeks ago, I did say and shared with you what I believe the Lord has revealed to me that we are headed into some tough times, difficult times. The Amplified Translation says hard to deal with and hard to bear because of the sin that abounds and because of the atmosphere that we are living in. Remember that we are on a hostile territory. This is not our home. We are passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our home is in heaven. This is a temporary residence, and we are passing through. It is, it is a, a territory of the God of this world who hates God and hates us. So when these tests and trials come, it shouldn't take us by surprise. And, um, and so it's important for us to understand that. So... I believe that the season we have been in for some time, and I believe we'll continue through this season, is one which our faith will be tested, 
And these tests, I believe, will serve to strengthen us, to sanctify us even further, and to establish us further in the Lord. So this is, this is the purpose behind these tests, so that we might be strengthened, that we might gain wisdom and experience and be able to come out on the other side victorious. And so not only our faith, I believe, will be tested, and I'm speaking to you prophetically, but I believe our relationships will be tested. Uh, our finances uh, will be tested. Our faith in God as our provider, as our protector, as our healer will be tested and tried. And in the test and in the trial, we will be able to discern and know what we really believe. We say we believe a lot of things, but when the pressure comes, when the test comes, we really get to find out what we believe. Many years ago in the Old Testament, God said to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, I don't have this on the screen, I just received it. He talks to the children of Israel and he calls them to remembrance of what they went through and he says to them and you shall remember that the lord your god led you all these 40 years in the wilderness for what purpose to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep its commandments or not his commandments or not you see it was the lord who led them through the wilderness it wasn't the devil and so many of us, sometimes we confuse uh, uh, the, the, that which comes from God and that which comes from the devil. It was the Lord who led them into the wilderness for 40 years. For what purpose? He said, in order to humble you and to test you. So there is a difference between a test and a temptation. And I'll explain it later. So I will speak. As the Spirit revealed to me again and again that we must be prepared and equipped for tough and difficult times ahead. It's vitally important for us to be thoroughly equipped and thoroughly prepared. And this is the purpose of prophetic revelations. Why does God give us prophetic revelations? They are given to us in order for us to know where we are spiritually speaking and where we are going where we are headed so that when we 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 face such situations they are not they do not take us by surprise so jesus made it very clear to his disciples and we read it in john's gospel chapter 14 15 and 16 that when the holy spirit comes to the church one of his functions is to show us things to come. Why does the Spirit show us things to come? So that we are prepared for them. We are not taken by surprise. Not only are we prepared, but also we are thoroughly equipped to deal with them wisely according to the Word of God. But the last thing I want to communicate to you through my revelation or through this message today, the last thing I want to communicate is fear. And that is why I'm giving you 
and I'm going to be giving you scriptures and examples from the Bible to help you see that this is going to be a season of spiritual growth and development. This is going to be a season. We are entering into that season, a great season in which our growth, spiritually speaking, our faith, our perseverance and our patience will be further developed. And we must remember that God is not committed to our comfort, but he is committed to the production of our character. That is the most important uh, aspect in our journey with Christ. He wants us to be more Christ-like. He wants us to be more like Jesus, to respond like he responded, to speak as he spoke, to deal with situations as he dealt with them. He wants us to be so spiritually fortified in our inner man that when the enemy comes or when a test comes, all we do is fling it aside and move on with God in order to fulfill our destiny and the purpose for which he created us. And as I've mentioned to you, this is in line also what we have been praying, or at least some of us, for the Lord to grow and to develop us in our faith and establish us in his presence. That is the most important thing. So this is, this is I believe, what God is mostly concerned about you, about your relationship with him, about your journey with him, that you become more Christ-like. Amen? So the right response to these statements that I'm making tonight, it should be, bring it on, Lord. We're ready. We are equipped. We are ready to face any challenge because we believe you are with us. You've strengthened us. You have ministered to us through the word. We are ready and prepared to deal with anything that comes our way. We're going to look at three portions of scripture. The first one is found in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 and 7, reading from the New Living Translation. Peter says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Let's go to the second portion of scripture, also from Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 from the New Living Translation. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. So many believers, uh, because they are not taught the truth, when they face such trials, they, they are surprised. Why is this happening to me? And they start questioning God's dealings and God's love. 
for them, which is wrong. You know, because Peter said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange is happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Wow. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And one more portion of scripture found in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it, this is from the Amplified Translation. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith lacking nothing so as we can see from the scriptures that we've just read the bible is very clear that we will encounter in our journey with Christ, various tests and trials as we walk through this life. One thing is certain, we will face many of these, not just a few, but many. Please notice how Paul and Barnabas strengthened and encouraged the disciples in the book of Acts. We're going to read Acts chapter 14, verse 22 from the Amplified. Establishing and strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples. Paul and Barnabas went through the new churches and they were establishing, they were strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples. How? By urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith and telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Many hardships, many tests, many trials and tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So that's how they encourage them. That's how they strengthen them, by urging them, warning them, and encouraging them. There is a major problem in our modern churches today. For the sake of numbers, we preach soft messages to attract the crowds and we don't preach the whole gospel. We leave that out. We don't want people to be offended. Come to Christ and all your problems will be solved. Come to Christ and everything will run smoothly. Everything will be okay. You will have lots of joy, lots of peace. Praise God, we do have, but there is another side of it. And we must be bold enough and courageous enough to preach the whole gospel. And that includes a measure of suffering through various tests and trials. So if, if, if the believer is not told, is not warned, then when these tests and trials come, they come undone. They lose the balance and they are questioning God's love and God's care for them. 
And the reason being is because they have not been warned or prepared for such tests and trials. When I was going through my test in the whole year with my eye, not once have I questioned why God are you, why is this happening to me? That was the last thing from my mind. The first thing in my mind was, Lord, give me a plan in your wisdom and a strategy how to resist, how to attack these symptoms, this virus, this disease, so that I can receive your healing. That was the first prayer that I prayed. Not why is this happening to me? That is, that is a futile question to ask the Lord. You can ask him to give you perspective, give you spiritual understanding. That's why James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and this statement is made right after the statement he said about tests and trials. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me to understand how to deal with what I'm facing. And when you pray that way, God will bring some light, will bring revelation, will give you a word, will give you a plan, a strategy, how to deal with it. It's no good going round and round in circles, repeating the test or the problem or the sickness or the disease or whatever it is that you're going through. Now, the Lord spoke clearly to me a, couple, a month ago, two months ago, and I've told you that repeatedly, that I am to prepare you for tough times. I am to equip you, to warn you and to encourage you and equip you so when these come you don't lose your balance you know you are still in the will of God you know that you're still loved you know that God cares for you and you know that he's with you in the trial in the test and he will bring you through to the other side if you don't lose courage if you don't lose faith that is why the psalmist says I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so the Bible admonishes us that when these tests come, we should not be taken by surprise, but rather welcome them with joy because they come to test the genuineness of our faith and to develop our endurance, or as some other translations say, our patience. You know, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 that says, for you have need of patience. So if I have need of patience, then God will allow some of these trials to come so that when my faith is tested in the trial, the Bible says my patience is, is being developed. And when your patience is fully developed, the Bible says, or James says, that we become complete lacking nothing. Praise God for his revelation. Now, let us then cultivate this mindset, train our minds and our attitudes so that we can respond in a manner that will honor God, strengthen our faith, and develop our endurance. That's the purpose of the teaching, to help you obtain a spiritual mindset, an attitude of the spirit that will help us 
to honor God in the test, in the trial, whatever it is that you're going through or anxious about or you've been praying about several times, strengthen our faith and develop our endurance. James says, consider it nothing but joy whenever we fall into various trials. We just read it. Peter says, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ. In other words, we get to share in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Listen, few things are more precious in the sight of God than faith that's been tested, faith that's been tried in the furnace of affliction and found genuine. Because genuine faith honors God, pleases God, and brings glory to His name. Throughout the Bible, if you are a student of the Bible, you have read it. We witness the faith of individuals being severely tested and tried, and in the process of being tested, their faith in God was found to be genuine and true. The outcome of those tests brought great honor, great praise to God because His Word was proved to be true and worthy of our trust. God is worthy of our trust. Daniel's faith, for example, in God, you know the story of Daniel. His faith was severely tried and tested when he was thrown into the den of lions. His faith in God proved to be genuine, lacking nothing, delivering him out of the mouth of those vicious lions. He came out of the test, remember, with promotion and exaltation. When the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace, their faith in God was severely tested and it was tried to the hilt. And in the fire, <laughs> it was in the fire that it was proved that their faith was genuine and it was pure. They came out of the fire with great promotion. Remember what happened? Waiting for them on the other side of the test. The king was overtaken with, with amazement. How did these Young men were not burned in the fire that I threw them in. He couldn't believe his eyes. And what was the result? Many believed in those three Hebrew boys' God that they confessed the ungodly, the unbelievers. Truly, the God is the true God. And even the king himself declared that. And out of their test of faith, many souls were turned to the one living and true God. But it took the trial that these three Hebrew boys and the fire that they were thrown into. Now, Joseph is also, the Bible is full of this, is another example of, of the test and the trials he went through and why he was tested and tried. But then at the end, the Bible says, he was raised to the throne of Egypt. You know, it was written of him, according to the word of, of Joseph. In Psalm 105, verse 19 says, Until the time 
that his word came to pass or the dreams that he had came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Who tested him? The word of the Lord tested him. I repeat, who tested him? The word of the Lord tested Joseph and he was found faithful and true to his God. Here is a question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we perhaps looking for and expecting promotion prematurely instead of focusing on being faithful and obedient to the word of the Lord where we are at right now? This is very important. Are we looking for and expecting promotion, results, fruit prematurely instead of focusing on being faithful and obedient to the Lord where we are at present? Think about that. Remember Abraham. It was God who tested Abraham when he was asked to sacrifice his only beloved son on the Mount of Moriah. It wasn't the devil. It was God. And after the test, God honored him with these words. Listen to them as I read them. God said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What a blessing. What a promise that God gave to Abraham. We are also called the children of Abraham because of his faith and his obedience when his faith was tested. Someone said, there is no testimony without a test. That is so true. Great testimonies are birthed out of great tests and trials. James says in 5.11, we give great honor to those who endure under suffering. In the book of Revelation chapter 3, remember Jesus counsels the church in Laodicea to buy, he said, from him gold that is tried in the furnace of trials and tests. Here's a question. How would I know if my faith is genuine unless it is tested and tried through the trials of everyday life? Anything that is not worthy of being tested is not worth having. I want to say that again. Anything that is not being tested is not worth having it because it will not be genuine amen and i believe that in the days to come some of our relationships will be tested they will go through the fire 
I'm counseling you to have and to cultivate an unoffended heart. Please listen to me. Maintain a heart that refuses to get offended, whatever happens. Because offense is one of the greatest traps of the enemy. Relationships will be tested. They will go through the fire. Why? Because God wants to take these relationships on another level. He wants to purify them. He wants to sanctify them. And he wants to impart to these relationships far more wisdom, understanding, resources than we ever had. So be willing to be tested and maintain an unoffended heart. Let's go on. How would I know? As I said, our faith will be tested in God, our provider. Our faith will be tested in God, our healer, God, our protector. Amen. Praise God. And, and, and when I go through the test in that area, I know one of my most faithful intercessors that have been walking with me for 33 years. When she heard, she's in the United States, when she heard of this, of this um, disease, myasthenia gravis, that I was diagnosed with, she went to prayer and God spoke to her and said to her, tell Andrea, this is a test. She heard those words from the Lord. My faith was severely tested as I went through this fiery trial. But praise God, with God's help, with the grace of God empowering me and helping me and through the word and through his spirit, I overcame. But my faith was tested in the area of the Lord being my healer. Some of you will be tested in your finances and you may be going through lack. You may be going through scarcity. How will you respond in that situation will determine whether you get to the next level or not. Hello? Are you still with me? Praise God. I pray that the Lord will give us ears to hear and eyes that we can see the way God sees. It is in times, it is in those times when we're being tested where we get to find out what we really believe and whether our faith in God and his word is genuine and pure. James says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Faith has action, works, corresponding action. You say you believe, show me. James says, the devils also believe and tremble, but they do not obey God. Is a difference. The word of God declares that it was the spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted or tested for 40 days by the devil. Luke chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Sometimes we find it difficult how Lord did the Holy Spirit, why did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to be tempted? But your word says, lead us not into temptation. Uh, I don't know. I can't explain that. 
but here it's black and white or rather red in my Bible. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing and afterward when he had ended he was hungry. And just like the Lord Jesus, our Lord, the author of the finisher the, the, and the beginner of our faith, the author and the finisher of our faith, just like Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, you and I as children of God, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, will be led into our own wilderness to be tested. Amen. Our character will be tested. Our integrity will be tested. Now, there is a difference here between a test and a temptation. God will never tempt us with evil, but he will test us. Here is the difference. God tests us in order to strengthen us, establish us in the faith, but the devil tempts us in order to destroy us and to lure us away from God. A test is a challenging situation that prompts us to discern how God would have us to respond. I want to say that again because it's very important. A test is a challenging situation that prompts us to discern how God would have us respond. A test really has to do with the situation itself. Temptation has more to do with the luring effect internally. At the moment of testing, temptation is initiated by the devil and he attempts to lure us away from truth into sin. That's the difference. You're being tested. Something was said, something was done to you. Now it's a test. God is watching how you would respond, how you would not react, but respond to the situation with an unoffended heart. But the enemy at the same time will tempt you, will put thoughts into your mind and will endeavor to lure you away from the truth from what is really taking place into sin, into bitterness, into unforgiveness, having ought against your brother, against your sister. Beware. That's why I said maintain an unoffended heart. God, listen, God will not release us into our promised land or into promotion unless we are tested and tried and proved faithful. Maybe the test will take longer than you expect, longer than what you believed. Maintain your integrity. Maintain your trust in God. God is your source. The Bible says promotion does not come from the west, not from the east, not from the north, not from the south, but comes from the Lord. When God gets ready to promote you, you just have to stand still and he will do it all by himself. Are you listening to me? There is a timing. 
And we must be sensitive and discerning to the timing of the Lord. That's why I said perhaps we're looking for fruit and results prematurely when we should be looking for faithfulness on our part and obedience to his word. Now, the wilderness, listen, was a preparation for the promised land. God was endeavoring to prepare them for an inheritance which belonged to them by promise. The children of Israel, though, most of them, except two, failed miserably in the wilderness because they failed to see the bigger picture. This is so important, folks, for us to see the bigger picture, to have a spiritual perspective, not a natural perspective, but a spiritual understanding to see things the way God sees things. Because God sees things from above in all perspectives. And we need to have that that spiritual perspective, not a natural one, not a carnal one. Now, that's what happened to the children of Israel. They couldn't see the bigger picture. They could only see as far as the flesh dictated to them. In other words, the flesh governed their actions, their reactions. They mumbled and grumbled and they complained from day in to day out. Every time they faced the test, they complained. They wanted to turn back. They wanted to stone Moses and Aaron. They wanted to go back to slavery. The wilderness, listen carefully, became the graveyard instead of being a place of preparation and a stepping stone into the promised land. And so I say, our response to these tests, whatever they are, whatever we go through, will determine whether these become our stepping stone into greater things or our tombstone. So many in the body of Christ are so bogged down as a result of these trials that they're going through, unable to move forward because of doubt and unbelief, while others are locked into a cycle of despair and unthankfulness. Tragically, many in the church, many in the body of Christ have become victims of the circumstances because the perspective and way of thinking is all wrong. When Moses sent the twelve into the promised land to spy out the land, ten of them came back with a negative report and they said, there are giants over there, much stronger than we are, we are not able to conquer them. Two of them came back with a faith report saying, let us go up at once. These giants are bread for us. That tells me that every test and every trial you and I face, it's bread for us. It's bread for us. They are the stepping stones of raising us higher into the presence of the Lord. And listen, unbelief and fear will always give a report of defeat. But faith and courage will always give a report of victory. You know what? I've learned that Goliath was God's gift to David. If it wasn't for Goliath, <laughs> David would remain in obscurity. 
David would not have been promoted into the king's palace. It was Goliath and through the defeat of Goliath that David was taken from obscurity into notoriety. Nobody knew David before he conquered Goliath. So Goliath was actually a gift from God to him. <laughs> you know, what you might be facing right now, I don't care what it is, have the perspective, this is God's gift. This is not an enemy. This is a friend. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me uh, go deeper into the, into, the, into the spirit of God, into the things of God. And as I respond to it, the way that God wants me to respond, I will come over it. I will go through it. I will conquer it. That's why the promise of God in Isaiah says, when you go through the rivers, you will not drown. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Why? Because I'm there with you, holding your hand, saying, fear not, for I am your God. Fear not, for I am with you. I will be with him in trouble. Psalm 91 verse 16 says, I will honor him. And I will bless him with longevity of life. We should thank God for every test and every trial the Lord allows us to go through. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Giving thanks to God always in everything, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Some of the greatest tests I faced demanded all the faith that I had, demanded sacrifice, my flesh, my will, my emotions, my feelings, in order to obey God, while everything in my flesh screamed out to give in to it and have my own way rather than obey God. But thank God in those moments, folks, remember, the Lord in His grace has given us the person of the Holy Spirit to live within us. For what purpose? To empower us, to teach us, to strengthen us in our hour of need. We must learn to become God-inside-minded, to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit, that in such times to look to Him, to rely heavily on Him, or else we're not going to make it. Our reliance on the Spirit must increase from day to day so that we can navigate and overcome. Paul said it this way, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom as you go through your trial. Ask him to give you a plan, a strategy, how to overcome it, and he will. Finally, the response of faith in the midst of a trial is as follows. My final portion of scripture from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength 
and he will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high heels. What a testimony. What a test of faith here. The fig tree will not, does not blossom. No fruit on the vines. No olives on the olive trees. Everything is failing. Famine, scarcity. The flock has been cut off. And yet he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. That's exactly what James says. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into divers tests and trials. I will joy in, my, in the God of my salvation. Listen, to rejoice is an act of your will. It's got nothing to do with emotions or how you feel about it. I will to rejoice. I will to give thanks regardless of the circumstances I am facing. Bless you. Father, as, we, as, as I delivered this word, I believe the way you've given it to me by your spirit, I decree and declare over your people that this word will not return unto you void, but will accomplish that which you please, and it will prosper, Lord, in the thing whereto you sent it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.